Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. and black Usyk in the white setting up in that left-hander stance the southpaw stance Dubois just eats a jab there as he tries to shuffle his feet into range Dubois lands a good left hook as well having a good little spell here in the fourth round he's growing in confidence he's doing really well but he's starting to blow a little bit he's starting to fatigue good right hand but that was low and you can see that it has hurt Usyk because he is now to his backside, leaning on his back against the bottom rope. That right hand went in low. That weren't that low. That was a body shot. I'm telling you, I looked at that. That was on the waistline. Them shorts were high. I'm not sure that was low. We got conned out of that. VAR, if you can have it in football, bring it in boxing. Oh, there we go. Yeah, Usyk just keeping a distance here. He's starting to pick the shots. He's the out from Usyk. And down goes Dubois. And the referee is counting again. Appeal this and go back. No, it's totally outrageous. You're going to appeal this, you're saying, yeah? Of course, it's a liberty what they've done. With Are you upset that that was called a low blow in the fifth round? Because on the monitor it didn't look so. Yeah, definitely. That wasn't a low blow, that was a body shot. Hello, welcome to The Verdict. A brand new review show with myself, Carl the Cobra Frotch. I'm joined this week by George Groves. How are you, George? I am very good, Carl. Thank you very much for talking to me about boxing. It's good to see you. Now, let's get stuck into what we saw this weekend with Alexander Usyk and Daniel Dubois getting knocked out in round nine. How did Dubois start for you? Because for me, I was a little bit more impressed than what I thought I would have been. I thought he was tidy enough, but what did you think of the opening rounds? Yeah, I, was, I thought Usyk was in control, but... Dubois was better than he has been. I think he came in lighter than he has done lately. Um, and he did look a little bit lighter. He looked less sort of... Sometimes he can look a, a bit stiff on his legs almost. You know, a bit too top-heavy. But he looked smoother at the start. But wasn't able to sort of keep up with Usyk's speed and his volume of punches. Usyk, on the other hand, he, he, he did come in at the same weight as he had done for both his fights with Anthony Joshua, but didn't look quite as as shredded as he usually does. You know, he's not 
ever totally shredded. Like he looks like he's built up to the weight, but yeah, a little bit off the pace, but in full control for me, Carl. I thought he was out of that southpaw stance, um, landing his jab well enough, um, and a little bit more aggressive um, at the start of the rounds for Usyk. Usually he's a lot more cautious. So, I mean, how did you see it? Yeah, sits back a little bit, doesn't he, usually? Like, especially with the Anthony Joshua two fights. He kind of sits back, has a look. I, I think he's still a little bit unsure as a heavyweight, especially when he's in there looking, at, looking up at Anthony Joshua and looking up at these big heavyweights. He must be thinking to himself, if I get clipped, how's it going to feel? I've got even as good as he was at cruiserweight and what a top amateur he was. He's still a human being. He's still going to think to himself, right, I'm a heavyweight now and I'm fighting a big punching heavyweight. Obviously, when he fought Dubois, definitely a big punching heavyweight. I think he's had 18 knockouts in 19 wins. But yeah, I agree with you. I thought he started a bit faster and a little bit more intentional, if, if that's the right word. But I thought Dubois was very confident and um, I was quite impressed that he was kind of trying to stay with Usyk. He didn't look like a deer in the headlights. He didn't look overwhelmed. He just, he kept behind his jab, albeit he was getting out jabbed and he, he was trying that right hand, trying it to the body and trying to throw it when he could. He wasn't being careless and hmm. I was quite impressed. How was you scoring the rounds up until, like the whole fight, how did you score it early doors? I mean, whatever said, the controversy in round five, which we'll talk about, the hmm. low blow, or was it a low blow? But how was you scoring it? I had Usyk winning winning the rounds, winning winning the fight. I think just on volume of punches, um, Dubois landed some good body shots, um, and some we'll get into that. You know, on the belt line, um, and Usyk was complaining. You know, it, there was a left hook that that came in, um, sort of caught him on the side. He sort of motions to the referee uh, and motions to Dubois that, that was low. He gets caught again um, on the waistband, but. Yeah, I mean, the, both both guys start, started well, but I gave the rounds to Usyk because I thought Usyk's... He was pepper. He always does. He peppers you with them shots. He peppers you with them shots. He's yeah. got the confidence to get into punching range and let his hands go, and it doesn't have to be 100% on every punch. Um, he would do that. He would no. touch, 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 and then, you know, it might be the six, seven, eight shot that comes that, that's got a little bit more sting and whip and power on it. Um, I was going to say that lead jab of Usyk from that sideboard he's, he's like he almost snake charms with it he, he hovers it out there in your face and then he'll flick a jab and he'll pour 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 then all of a sudden bosh there's a big ramrod jab straight in the face straight in the face of um, Dubois and he's quite quick as well still got that cruiserweight speed I think so I agree with you on the scoring he definitely dominated from the start he was winning the rounds um, albeit close and competitive but he was definitely winning so tactically you think um do you think Dubois' tactics were right? Do you think, or do you think he needed to do more? Well, I think because not many people gave him many rounds. No, no, no. I don't, I mean, he wasn't. He wasn't winning the rounds. Whether Dubois knew that, you know, this is not something he's going to try and win over twelve rounds. He's going to have to. He's have to finish him. Have to stop him. Um, and it might take a couple, of, a couple of rounds to get the rhythm set. But but that's what Usyk does so well. He always imposes his rhythm, his pace on a fight. As you say, the variety with the jab. Um, but he's going head and body with it. Even by round two, he's he's, he's he's dipping his knees and shooting the jab into the chest or into the stomach. But then he's going back yeah. up to the head. Then he's shooting down to the chest without bending the knees. There's like so many tiny little subtle variations in in the attack, always giving the guy in front of him a different look, something to try and figure out. And let's be honest, there's not many heavyweights, if there's hardly any heavyweights in the division who can do that. So, Dubois at this stage for me, he should all. 
I think he would have been better off having a tight guard, trying to just take as many shots as he can on the gloves and punch with him. You know, you're not quick enough to to catch and counter as such as in like trying to time it, trying to make him miss and then throw a big shot. You can lead, but lead with high hands and pressure and just get that right hand off. And when he does, like we'll get into it later on in the second half of the fight, you know, after after round six, he starts settling in, into his shots a little bit. He settles into the rhythm. Uh, I think because he's starting to get yeah. a bit tired and he starts to let that right hand go. Yeah. You know, he's already been penalised at this point um, for low blows, but he's um, he, he can throw it. He, Orthodox beat Southpaw. The backhand is always going to play dividend because you can throw it at any angle and there's a lot of target to throw at. And he hits so hard, he's only got to land something. Yeah, absolutely. The shoulder and the chest, as long as he's landing something, he's feeling like he's getting somewhere and he's closing the distance with the feet. So I know I know what you mean. But before we accelerate to round six, let's talk about round five, the big controversy of the night, the low blow. In your opinion, when you saw it live, did you think that is a low blow or did you think it was borderline or did you think it was a... An okay punch. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it, I don't know, I feel, I feel like times have changed now because I'm sure when I first turned pro, you had, you, you wasn't allowed to punch the shorts at all. You know, you, you everything had to be above the waist. Um, but as, as the years have gone on, the waistbands have got bigger, the protectors have ended up getting larger and, and finishing higher. And, um, you hear Carl Frampton at ringside say, the navel has to be showing. It's not. His shorts are high. It's a legal shot, but he definitely hit shorts. He hit. It's on the waistband. So it's it's to, for me. It's down to the referee's discretion. Um, the initial way that Usyk turns around and sort of goes to grab his nuts makes me think it's a low blow or he's he's hurt there. But you watch the tape after and you see it's 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 sort of six one half than the other. I feel like. The referee could have gone either way on that, and they there can't be a huge scream up. Ultimately, he doesn't catch him um, on the flesh; it is on the shorts. So we've got to now decide: well, is the, does the waistband count as a legal sh- a legal shot? Maybe, maybe it does. Well, my inter my interpreter. Well, I, I thought it was a low blow. I, I mean, I just say things as I see them, and the, the glove landed. There's like half on the waistband, half on the shorts, just above the um, the crown jewels area. So it was definitely like if you kept throwing punches in that area all night, you'd be pulled up every time. I mean, it wasn't an Andrew Galotta low blow, which is blatant uppercut straight to the gonads. It was it was borderline, but unfortunately for him, um, and I'm talking about Dubois in in professional boxing, the waistband is an illegal area unless the referee specifies that. My, my interpretation of a low blow is anything below the navel. And I know Usyk's shorts were at times above the navel, but that, that shot, the glove was landed. Half the glove was on the waistband, the other half of the glove was on the shorts. So it was a low, low blow in that low area. And I think the way that Alexander Usyk reacted straight away, because a, a body shot hits you and hurts you, but there's a, there's a split second delay. There's like a second delay where you try and breathe and you can't quite get your breath. And then there's a delayed reaction with a body shot. Um, but he went instantly down and he was, he was on the floor he was wincing in pain and he was straight away. And the referee as well, like, called it a no knockdown. He sort of crossed his hands and said, that's not a knockdown. Right. He took the bar to the neutral corner. And then he said to, sort of, instructed to Usyk, you've got a bit of time here. So just take your time. He didn't count. If, if he'd have um, counted, then Usyk would have thought, right, I'm in a bit of trouble here. I'm claiming low blow. The referee's counting. And, and that brings me on to my next question. Had that would have happened. So 
you're saying it was borderline. You don't think it was such a bad of a low blow. You're not really saying it was a blatant low blow. It was probably an accident, but it was quite low. And I'm saying it was an illegal blow because it was probably an accidental low blow. I don't think it was intentional. There was no malice in it. But So we're both agreeing that it was a low blow. The referee gives, gives um, Usyk his time. But what did you make of the three minutes, 46 seconds recovery time that he got? And um, if it's a low blow, he's entitled to that time. Do you think he milked it? Do you think he was playing the game? Well, you're, entitled, you're entitled to five minutes, Carl, aren't you? So I think that's the universal rules. Five minutes, uh, if there's a low blow, the referee deems it a low blow. Now, if the referee had started counting, you, just because it took him three and a half minutes to box on doesn't mean that he was rolling around in agony for three and a half minutes. He might have leapt to his feet if he started counting to 10. So you can't say, oh, Dubai would be world champion right now. It just means that Usi's got to get up, you know, uncomfortable and, and survive yeah. the round when he's probably had the wind knocked out of him. Yeah, exactly. Well, immediately after the fight, Daniel Dubois and Frank Warren both told TalkSport uh, and, and Gareth A. Davis that disagreed with the low blow. And um, they're, they're saying it was wrong. And Frank Warren's going to contest it. He's going he's to try and appeal the decision. Um, and you, I think he was about to say then, do you think Usyk would have beaten the count if the, red, if the referee had have judged it as a, legal, if the, as a legal shot? If the referee would have started counting, do you think that, that Usyk would have, would have beat the count? If I'm being honest, I think he would have got up and he would have beat the count because, you know, you've seen guys go down with with low blows or body shots even, and they're sort of, they could be on all fours, they're rolling around in agony. They're, you know, he wasn't that. He was sort of just sitting down, taking his time, out of puff, getting up. It helped him staying down though, because he, it, was, it was evidently, you could see he was in pain. You could see he was hurt. Mm. So I, I agree with you. I think he would have jumped up and beat the count and the fight would have carried on. Uh, maybe that that would have definitely been better for Dubois. Mm. But you know what Usyk's like? He's a warrior. He'd have sucked it up and just kept out of harm's way, I think. And like he did, because when the fight got called to carry on, there was, there was still two and a half minutes left of the fight, wasn't there? And um, yeah. I think Dubois missed a chance there. Yeah, he sort of he presses him. He presses him for that round. He doesn't get. I mean, his best round for me probably is the next round, round six, where... I think he he was slightly more tired, you know. He's it had it had that long break. They both had a long break, but um, he made made an effort for the rest of that round. Didn't really have any success. In fact, Vucic's almost back got his feet back under him by the end of the fifth, and he's punching back. Yeah, he got going again. Um, but now Dubois sort of settled in into his role, which I think is the role that will suit him. He's He's looking to just let that right hand go. Do you go. think Dubois should have gone all in, though? The end of round five and all around six. Do you think Dubois should have gone all in and just gone for broke with it? Well, I think I think he did make it. I think he did make a, a solid effort. You know, I think Usyk wasn't sort of almost buried. It wasn't like a headshot. His legs are gone, and one more shot would finish it. So just keep punching until that lands. It was it was a bit more to it than that. And I think he did. We he emptied the tank in five and six because from. Seven onwards, he sort of he, he shot now. The, the the you know the he's out. He's he's gassed. You know he's he's on. He's running on fumes. Um, and this is where you don't want to be. Yeah, that was my next question. Did you, did you think the boy did did you think the boy did gas out by the end? Do you think that the um, you think that was the reason that he chose to sort of stay down, or do you think he was hurt that badly enough? He's got to carry it on. But you never know. I mean, he's been stopped once before uh, against Joe Joyce where he had a uh, fract- 
uh, a fracture of the you know the orbital bone. But he sort of takes a knee and sort of retires himself, and he got a lot of stick for that. And a lot of people, you know, rightly or wrongly, gave him gave him stick for that. Uh, but we've seen him we've seen him get off the floor to win. He did that in his last fight. This time, yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. I don't know how hurt he was, how concussed he was, um, or how tired he was. And it it felt to me like tiredness beat him because you see fighters, you know, that he's sort of that he's half getting up at nine. If you really want to fight on you, you don't let the referee get to eight before you start to get up. You want to be on your feet, standing up, ready to go at eight. I would have liked to see him carry on. It was it was it was down in the eighth and hurt quite badly. There was four or five shots that hit him pretty flushed. Um, Usyk was able to land that jab, that left cross. The hook, then another shot. And I think as he was on his way down, he managed to get a little clipping uppercut in. And the bar went down quite heavy in the eighth. And he came out in round nine. And it was almost a jab that, that finished the job. I think he was hurt from the jab. It was like a lead right hand. It was a very powerful jab for Moose. It wasn't just a flick out his jab. He kind of threw a lead right hand. And it, you could see that it hurt the bar. But me personally, I'd have liked to have seen him get up from that. I, I think he stood up the knee on the ninth, second, eight or nine. He, he just didn't beat the count. Do you think he decided he'd had enough by that point? Tony Bellew thinks he spewed it. Tony Bellew went out there and said, listen, once a spewer, always a spewer. Something to that, them words of them effect on his social media platform. Um, so he wasn't very complimentary of him. And he had, he had half the people agreeing with him and over half disagreeing with him. Are, are we saying he quit um, in, in a sense? Yeah, the question is, does, does Daniel Dubois throw in the towel himself? Does he just choose to not get up? I, I feel like, yes, if I was, you know, if we edge on the side of it, then yeah, it felt like, man, if this is your world title shot, but I know you'll say it uh, in, a, in a much more clearer way than, than I will, Carl. How did you make of it? Well, I think he was badly hurt in the eighth, which he was, that was evident. And then he came out in round nine, he would have been tiring as a big lad. And I just think that similar to the, similar to the um, Joe Joyce fight, he knew he was hurt, he knew he was in trouble. He probably made the decision he's not going to win the fight. So I think he saved himself for another day. And if you interpret that as quitting, then, then, then that's quitting. But I personally wouldn't pull myself out of the fight. I'd, I'd fight to the death, um, to coin a phrase. I'd just stay in there. I, would, I wouldn't go down on my knee and then not get up. I'd just, I just refuse to quit. I, I spent my whole, whole career refusing to quit. As you find out in our first fight, when you flatten me in round one and hit me with everything, including the kitchen sink for the next six rounds, there was just no quitting me. And, and I think you've either got that mindset or you haven't. And it, it doesn't make you any, any better of a fighter, but it gives you more of a chance and I think when you're a big puncher, if you can still get to your feet and you've still got a bit of energy in you, I mean, there was a protein round, it was round nine, so we're getting towards the last stage of the fight. I just think I'd have liked to have seen him go for broke with some big shots before he kind of went over, but I wasn't the one taking the shots. I didn't get hit with that right hand and go down. You know, I, only he knows how he felt, but you can see from like the, the untrained eye and even the trained eye that actually... He stood up on nine seconds. That means he could have stood up on eight and probably carried on. I don't think the result would have been any different. I think Usyk was coming for him and he probably knew it. He's still young, 26 years old. I think he's got a potentially really, really big future. I think he needs to up his sparring, maybe go over to America, maybe have a couple more fights that are a bit steady and he can build into a great fighter. But at the minute for me, I'd have liked to have seen him carry on in round nine. It was one punch. It was a jab, lead right hand. It put him over. I'd have liked to see him get up and go out on his shield, but that's just me talking. You're obviously, um, I think, kind of agreeing with me. But, no, um, we'll go with it. We'll go with it, Cole. The hardest time to do something is the first time. So the hardest time to quit, if it is quitting, then is the first time. And if 
If he has thrown in the towel before, like we say in the Joyce fight, and it's, it's happened this time, if it's happened again, it's just that's the way that's the way it goes. But I think, yeah, I think first world title fight. I think, yeah, you, you're thinking you need to go out on your shield. Go out on your shield, yeah, I agree. In the aftermath of the fight, Derek Chisora was um, talking to TalkSport again and he said it's time for VAR in boxing. What do you make of that? I mentioned on my um, YouTube channel, Froch on Fighting, the best channel in the business, by the way, bar this one. I mentioned that um, football have the luxury of VAR and tennis have the luxury of, of the Hawkeye and boxing doesn't. Now, had they all looked at that for the three minutes where three and a half minutes where Usyk was was sitting on the seat of his pants having a little breather and recovering from that low blow stroke body shot, do you think it's time for for two or three officials to look at a, a replay and say, "Hang on a minute"? But then I don't know what would happen. You've had three and a half minute rest. I suppose if the fight finished and he was unable to continue, they'd have to make a decision and say, "Right, has Usyk won by disqualification, or has the Bois won?" By finishing body shot. Do you think Do you think it's time for VAR or do you think that will ruin the sport? Stop, start, have a look at the cameras. Yeah, I'm not really a fan of VAR because once it's in, it's in and it just it wouldn't be never-ending. And they've made a lot of changes to football of late and kind of, I'm kind of happy with boxing the way it is. If there is any sort of reason for VAR, it this could be the one where it could make the most sense. So, Essentially, there's a low blow or some sort of foul shot where the 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 guy or girl who receives that shot is entitled to five minutes. Within those five minutes, if you're going to then go back and review the tape, you can then make a decision and go, actually, no, that that was above the waist. No, you box on. What I would hate to be is like if they go if they go and review the tape and the referee's already said. Oh, it's a low blow, but we're going to go VAR. It goes to a minute, and they go, "Well, you've lost now because you would you, essentially you wouldn't have got up in ten seconds." So then, that's a big problem, isn't it? But you could, you could, you could have a look. There could be a, a fourth official ringside who then passes or makes a, a decision for the for the referee in the ring and say, "Actually, that fight, that that punch was fine. Get them up now. Touch gloves away. They go again." So maybe, but I'd rather for the sake of that one instance. I'd keep VAR out of the game. Yeah. I mean, it would have served me well, yeah. Cole. Obviously, I agree. I in our like first VAR. fight, you would have, like uh, you know, I, I, I would have. I knew this was coming. I was trying yeah. to put you up, but go on. I'll let you. No, say no, it. no. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> Howard Foster probably. He was thinking I could have done with VAR that night, and are oh, the neck cricks coming again? There we go. Just to just to just. Do you think he could have done with VAR to justify the stoppage? Or to... well, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of people were saying, yeah. Um... Well, I mean, that for that. <laughs> Who knows, Carl? Who knows? Now, keep VAR out of the game, mate. We don't want anyone shining. I agree. The... I don't like it because in boxing, the referee's there. He's the official. He gets the final say. And mistakes can be, making, can be made, but they've got the chance to have a rematch. He's still, he's still carried. Don't forget, this did not, I don't think, change the outcome of the fight. Had the referee had started counting, I just want to point out, Usyk would have got up and carried on boxing. What the outcome in that round would have been, who knows? Maybe Usyk would have had to go on his bike and held on and just make make the final, make the end of the round because he'd still had two and a half minutes left. Um, but the fight did carry on. Both fighters were fit and capable and, and physically well enough. Um, talking mainly about Usyk here after that low blow to carry on. And the Bois pretty much got the upper hand now. He's, he's just dropped Usyk. Usyk's been in pain for three, four minutes. And um, Dubois should be feeling confident. And um, 
Usyk still managed to do the job. Usyk still got to him in round eight, still put him over and hurt him, was still outboxing him. And then in round nine, he forced a stoppage and still got the knockout win. So I don't think anything would have changed. The right man on the night won for me. I think Dubois can, can leave with his head held high and he, he'd give a great performance for himself. But um, I just think with or without VAR, without the referee calling it a low blow or, or a legal shot, I just think the result would have been the same. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we need to worry about if the decision changed. And Frank Warren has told in the post-fight press conference that his team will appeal the decision. And, Do you um, think you'll be successful, Carl? Do you think you'll get a rematch? He might get a rematch, depending on what mood the governing bodies are in. But they'll look at whatever's going to make them the most money and who's next for, for um, Usyk. And if Tyson Fury all of a sudden decides that that fight's going to happen, Dubois got no chance in getting the rematch. You know, if it makes money for the, for the governing bodies and for anybody, really. If it makes money, it makes sense. But how, how big a loss is that to Dubois? Say the rematch doesn't happen. Um, there's no rematch clause to the fight. So it, it probably won't unless he gets his own win with the, with the appeal. Mm. Um, has... You know, Dubois impressed many despite the loss, just 25 years old. Where does he go? Where does his future lie if this rematch doesn't happen? Well, yeah, he's got, he's got time on his side. If you look at the other guys in the division, they, you know, they've all got like almost 10 years on him. Um, Fury, Usyk, Joshua, even not, not far behind them guys in terms of their age, and they won't be around for forever. So they might only have a few more years in the game. And then who is the next? Yeah, they're all in the mid 30s, through? aren't they? They're all kind of cracking on towards the end of their career. And Dubois is 26. Is he even 26 yet? He's, he's around that age. So he's, I think he could be the future of the sport, uh, the heavyweight boxing. There's not many around. Even Joe Joyce, who's, who's already beaten Joe Joyce, is, is late 30s. Well, what is he, 35, 36? He's all of them, really. And he's in a rematch with Zilli Zhang next week. Um, maybe, I don't think um, a fight with Joe Joyce would be a wise move for him. I'd like to see him in a in a couple of steady fights, build his confidence back. And he can come again, I think. I really do. I wouldn't see why he can't come again. He's sure it's another loss. It's another stoppage loss. But, I mean, heavyweights, they they live forever. They go for, on forever. Um, and you need to, I think, to not ruin him, then, yeah, you, you know, you want to really match him correctly from here on in and know that, you know, he might peak in three years' time and in three years' time, the heavyweight scene might be a totally different uh, totally different scene, look totally different. So, yeah, I think, you know, it's not the end of Dubois. Yeah, let's just say there's no, no rematch then for Dubois. Who does Usyk fight next? Is it is it the big Fury fight we all want to see? Um, Felix Herbovich is the, um, Hergovic, he's the mandatory for the IBF. Um, he sees himself as the next in line. But at 36 years old, how many fights does he have left? I think he's only got two, maximum three fights left. Um, but what would you like to see next for him? I want to see him fight Tyson Fury. But what do you think, Matt? Yeah, I'd like to see him beat. Uh, I'd like to see him fight Tyson Fury. I think he beats Tyson Fury. I think Usyk's the best best heavyweight in the world right now. You think um, he beats Tyson Fury? Do you? You, yeah, you, yeah. You just you just confidently, flippantly drop that one out. You think he just beats Tyson Fury? Simple as that. Well, it won't be an easy fight for him. It won't be an easy fight for him, but I think he, he'll, he'll have the ability, um, the boxing IQ, um, the athleticism, um, and cope with Fury's mind games and everything Everything else that Fury has that's always been uh, a major attribute for him. I think Usyk he's either seen before or can cope with. You know, he's he's always had to travel. He's always been the away fighter, and he's always come up trumps. He's always won. Um, yeah, yeah. He's even a road he, warrior, definitely. Yeah, exactly. And and Fury, you know, 
he hasn't boxed that regularly of late, you know, I think, and, you know, since the Wilder win, which was a good few years ago now, um, they're great, they're great fights to watch, but, you know, he hasn't really been challenged and that's not necessarily his fault, but the, the Chisora fight was a mismatch, you know, um, Dillian White fight, White didn't show up, you know, I felt he was sort of a deer in the headlights in the, in a big stadium fight. And now, um, I haven't followed it diligently. White couldn't get near. Let me just just stop you there. I don't think White. Yeah, I think you're right. He didn't show up, but he couldn't get near Tyson Fury. White. It, it looked like he couldn't get anywhere near him. And as soon as that gap was closed, Tyson landed that disgusting uppercut and knocked him out cold. And that was the end of it. And I, I'll put that down to White probably not turning up and not being where he should be physically. But I just also put it down to the, the fact that Tyson Fury is so big and agile. And, and light on his feet and fast hands and he punches quite hard as well by the way I mean I know he's six foot nine and he's heavy and he's not known as a big puncher but he does bang and he absolutely wiped Dylan White out didn't he wiped him out yeah. that was a good performance I know the Chisora fight was, was what it was but he battered Chisora so he's still I think he's still at the top of his game I think it's difficult for him to, to get that little bit of weight off what he likes to lose before he jumps in the ring because he holds that fat around his belly and around his love handles but he gets himself into shape and I personally think the fight with Usyk would be, it wouldn't be easy for Tyson Fury, but I think, he, I think he dominates the fight. I think he keeps him at range and out muscles him and sizes him and leans on him. And I don't think Usyk will be able to get anything going. Would you, do you see Usyk outboxing Tyson Fury and being able to pepper him with that jab and land that left cross and get in range and still be able to land shots without Tyson Fury mauling him and leaning on him and sort of bullying him out of it? Then when do you think that would happen? Well, he's going to have to give away um, reach. You know that'll be his biggest obstacle. So the height and with the height is the reach. Um, but he's he's agile and fast on his feet, and he cuts out at great angles. Usyk Usyk ain't going to be in range to be grabbed and leaned on and held. Um, and yeah, he has he has he has the boxing IQ, the boxing ability. You know, an Olympic champion. He came through the. You know the Ukrainian amateur boxing scene. You know these. This is not, you're talking about the performance against Dillian White, which was a great performance from Tyson Fury, but Dillian White had next to no amateur pedigree. You know, if you're comparing it with Usyk, who probably had hundreds of amateur fights, internationals, you know, Olympic champion, all the best guys. I've not spoke to many people that that think that Usyk wins that fight against Tyson Fury. That's all. I'm just I'm just shocked that that's actually your verdict. I've not spoke to many people that actually think he. He can do it, but who knows? I mean, it's difficult to see how Usyk get beat. I totally agree with that. It's difficult to see how he loses. I think that maybe the blueprints, then body shots, work the body, lean on him, bully him, whack them rib cage and the bread basket. He don't like it around that midsection, does he, Usyk? Um, maybe a couple of borderline shots would do the trick as well. Throw a few of them in, because you know Tyson Fury don't, don't mind playing the game. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, now we turn our attention to this week's highly anticipated rematch between Liam Beefy-Smith and Chris Eubank Jr. Live on TalkSport from Manchester this Saturday night. George, how do you see this one going? Right, so... um... Me and you were up there last time where we watched both of them, uh, Liam Smith and uh, Eubank Jr. contest. And I've never seen and Eubank get wiped out the way he did. And major, major question marks, like, sp- just jump at you when something like that happens. Uh, and when you're trying to explain it... I think you was more shocked than me, wasn't you? Because you've... I fought him. fought him. I was shocked because I've yeah. sparred him a lot, but you've you've fought him. You know he's, how tough he was. He's tough. I, you know, I've hit him on the chin, you know, and I'm, I'm ring walking at 13 stone and, and I've punched a, a decent whack and I landed some decent right hands on him and yeah, he went with it. And there was always that element of him, with him where you're, you've got a concern for his fitness and for his punch output when, he, when you think his back's against the wall. So you had to bear that in mind. But Liam Smith coming up from like a career like middleweight comes up to middle, um, and then yeah can't really miss once his hands start going in that round that it's either the third or the fourth that he gets stopped in I think um, he puts together a great combination. Um, I bet one of them was a catch caught him with an elbow, but Eubank is is wiped out and as I say he's been in there with some big dudes before, you know under the spotlights um, and tucked away in the gyms. Do you think that was a weight issue? Do you think making the weight? Do you think making that was the weight my first? That was my, down to that yeah. one five. Was it one five? My first four? thought was, oh, he's too tight now at one sixty. He's too tight at one sixty. He's he's he doesn't know how to make the weight properly anymore. But he tried to he tried to make a lighter weight than that though before with Conor Ben, didn't he? Because the Conor Ben fight was on, and then that got yeah. cancelled. So it. But yeah, that was that was down at was that down at one five seven or one five four? One five seven. I think it was a catch weight. Um, but yeah, lower than the super yeah. middleweight limit, uh, lower than the middleweight limit. So yeah, I think he's. I think that's what took he... it out of him. Personally, I feel that's what happened to him. But I don't know if he can get it back. Yeah, dropping that weight and just being around one sixty. I don't know if he's got punch resistance anymore after what I saw. Well, you know, you see, guys, we saw Robert Hellenius get get absolutely iced against um, Joshua, and there wasn't much in it. And obviously, they're heavyweights, so and Joshua can whack and ice you. But the way he sort of went down um he was out but then when he's back to life after five minutes or so you're like at 39 that's a punch resistance thing um and it does it catches up on you, you know, roy jones who was in his corner that night 
whether he wants to admit it or not, that sometimes the punch resistance can leave you. Um, and someone like Eubank Jr., who was always known for having a decent chin, I don't think he ever really had it properly tested, tested, tested. He had a few fights where he got a few digs on the chin, but um, he sort of inherited that from his dad having a good chin. But I think now, yeah, you have to worry about the, his punch resistance. The only thing he... he if it, And he has to be honest with himself and be, did I do the weight wrong? Did I have a little bug or a virus going into that? Did I it was a some did I get picked did I pick up some minor concussion in sparring in camp, which you know has an effect on fight night. But he's always sort of run his own camp, done his own thing, and that's that's hard. That's hard because pro game is hard. But now I think this is the most interesting thing is having um Bomac in his corner, who's obviously working with Crawford and you know, all these other elite level fighters surely he knows how to prep someone for a camp even if he's only had him for six weeks you know he knows what them final three four weeks is like he knows how sharp and on point a fighter needs to be how that how they need to make the weight in those final stages um and if he gets that bit right and he gets a few of his tactics right and better it he might make it a lot tougher for Liam Smith but if he doesn't if he comes out and he doesn't use his jab and he tries to throw uppercuts and doesn't box his way into positions then it will only be a matter of time where I think Liam Smith will catch up with him and even if he settles for a points win I can't see Eubank competing so for me right now um, it's a pick and fight how are you how are you seeing it well, I, I wanted to ask you, and I, I wanted an answer. I don't think I'm going to get one. Say, so how do you see this fight going? Repeat or revenge? Or are you saving it? Are you going to save that? I'm saving that because um, I'm working fight night. So, uh, you know, I'm sitting on the fence and I'll yeah. be calling the shots as I see him. I think somewhere deep down, I think somewhere deep down, because you've you've had a fight with um, Chris Eubank, and based on what you were saying on the first one, not, not wanting to put words in your mouth or put you on the spot here, I think you want Chris Eubank Jr. to do do better in this fight and and show actually that he's tougher and he mean he's better than what he was in that last one because after speaking to you on the live broadcast on their first fight, I think you wasn't disappointed that Liam Smith won the fight because the better man won and you was you was happy for him, but you was really kind of disappointed with the Chris Eubank Jr. that turned up and you just thought it wasn't him in there. Would, that, would I be right in saying that? And you think you're expecting a better performance now in this one, aren't you? Well, I, I don't think I would have been the only person. I wouldn't have been the only person who thought that they were shocked that that was the Chris Eubank. Well, essentially, the boxing wasn't great, um, but there wasn't much in it up until that point. We both feel into the fight and then he gets wiped out. And, and I, I was all stunned. Um, but I know both fighters and I've, I've got a lot of respect and a lot of time for for. Chris and so I would like to see him do better in this fight um, and give a better account of himself because I believe he, he can do that at the same time you know I've known Liam since we were 15 boxing for England and traveling the world so you know I've boxed two of his brothers like it's a small world boxing sometimes so I just want to see a good fight and I want to see the right fight and that the like the first fight felt weird you know and sometimes it's it is just the mind boggles and I felt like that was the case with Eubank not just not showing up to the races so we want to get to the bottom of it now I I think I think we'll see a better version of Eubank because we have to but also we might see a more confident and composed um, 
Liam Smith. The Smith Smith has pulled pulled the fight. Um, he had I can't remember exactly now what the issue was, but the fight got postponed. Um, I think he might have even had surgery. So I'm not sure what shape he's in. Is he in perfect condition? I mean, rarely do fighters have perfect camps, do they, Carl? But he probably can't postpone it for a third time, knowing that the pressure's on and. Ubeck might have options to go elsewhere. So it's a really interesting fight. I'm looking forward to it. I always look forward to the pay-per-views. They, uh, they make them exciting. Yeah, me too. I'll be, I'll be working that one for TalkSport, looking forward to um, sitting ringside and, and um, watching that one unfold. I, I think that just based on what I saw in the first fight, I think Liam Smith's going to come even more confident. And it is, he's just a more natural all-round boxer um, and a fighter. And I think he's, he comes from better... I just think the experience that he's got at the level he's been at, um, I know he lost to Canelo, but he's been in there with him. And he's just, he's got boxing IQ. And even if Eubank turns up and he's 10, 15% better, which will be difficult for him because he's done that weight now and he's still got to make 160, which is, which is the same weight they're fighting at. I just think for him to turn it around totally on its head and all of a sudden have punch resistance. I might be totally wrong. Chris Eubank might have been ill. He might have crashed away. He might have been on the weight for, for way too long. But I'm thinking Liam Smith goes in there and it's going to take him longer, but I think he's going to get to Eubank. I think he's going to demolish him again. Um, but that's why boxing is so wonderful. It always keeps us on the edge of our seat and it always keeps everybody guessing. But it's one I'm definitely looking forward to, that's for sure. Right, so that's it for the first ever The Verdict with myself and George Groves. Get in the comments and let us know what you think, and we'll see you next time.